Mud Show is on News Radio 610 WIOD. It is 1120. Welcome back. And we got some better news for the pandemic for sure. I mean, we're basically back to pre-Delta surge levels, and that is part of the declaration by one University of South Florida professor, Dr. Thomas Unich. And Dr. Unich, thank you for joining us. Tell us what you're seeing in the data. Oh, well, what we've seen in the data is uh, we had this enormous wave of infections and hospitalizations that peaked around uh, the middle of August, on August 16th, uh, according to the data that I've been following. And ever since then, the uh, case numbers have been declining pretty rapidly and hospitalizations and deaths have been following, you know, with a lag of about two to three weeks. Um, and um, the reason for that is if you do calculations, what you're seeing is this reproductive rate, which is the average number of new infections that a single infection causes is now below one. So what's happening is that the uh, case numbers in the epidemic is declining exponentially over time. So about once every 17 days, we're seeing half as many cases as we did uh, the previous 17 days before. And um, this has uh, been holding up ever since around uh, August uh, 16th or so. So we've had about eight weeks now, seven to eight weeks of nicely declining uh, infection numbers and hospitalization numbers and deaths, for that matter. Well, that's pretty exciting. And when you take a look at the lay of the land across Florida right now, is there any reason that you see why we won't continue this trend? Uh, you know, the only reason that I could possibly see that uh, this trend wouldn't continue is if we see the uh, rise of yet another really nasty variant that could possibly break through uh, the existing immunity that exists to the uh, previous variants that we've seen, the Alpha and the Delta variant. Uh, but I've seen no evidence uh, worldwide of anything like that really occurring at this point in time. And the Delta variant now makes, over, makes up over 99% of the isolates uh, that are coming out of Florida that are being sequenced. So Delta is still dominating, and uh, the numbers are still continuing to fall. This is very encouraging what you're talking about. Are you able to pinpoint the impact of vaccination levels you know we've seen that over 71 percent of florida's vaccine eligible population is vaccinated with at least a first dose how big of a difference is that making i think that's really making a huge difference here um according to uh some of the um, models that uh, my colleague at the uh, university of south florida edwin michael has been developing uh he suggests that the combination of people who have been vaccinated plus the numbers of proportion of people who have been naturally infected uh, is now uh, approaching about 84% of the population here in Florida. And um, according to the calculations that we've done, you're probably going to reach herd immunity when you reach someplace around 85 to 90% of the population who have been either naturally immune or immunized. Um, so really what I think is happening here is that the uh, virus is just starting to run out of susceptible people to infect. And uh, this is a result primarily of the vaccination uh, and also secondarily of, unfortunately, all those cases that we saw over the summer uh, that the Delta variant was causing and running rampant through the population. And Dr. Yunich, there is so much to this pandemic that seems to mirror the 1918 Spanish flu pandemic. I'm curious to get your thoughts about that comparison and whether you think this might follow a similar trajectory. Um, yes, I think it probably is going to, actually. Um, what we're seeing in the, 19th, uh, the 1918, 1919, 1920 epidemic was that uh, epidemic of the so-called Spanish flu lasted for about two years. Um, and historically, a lot of these sorts of um, pandemics that come through of these infections last around two years before they first uh, finally start to sputter out. 
And let's face it, we're coming up on two years of having to deal with this thing now. Um, you know, COVID-19 was first uh, reported out of uh, out of China in November, December of uh, 2019. So um, I think uh, historically uh, the uh, argument that we may be uh, moving towards the end of this thing, uh, not only here in Florida, but also nationwide and perhaps worldwide, might be a compelling one. Do you feel that there is a specific approach we should be taking to kind of get out of this pandemic mode, this quasi-emergency state that we've all been living under for quite some time? Uh, well, I think the major thing uh, that we really need to do is make sure that as many people get immune as possible. And um, the way to do that is to really try and make sure that as many people as possible get vaccinated. Um, vaccination is the way that uh, the way out of this thing, uh, the way that we can get back to our normal lives, I believe. And to that end, with the advent of the boosters, do you have any specific thoughts pertaining to them and, and also, you know, the importance, relative importance to getting out of this pandemic of people who've been fully vaccinated obtaining them? Uh, well, I, you know, one of the things that happened here is that these vaccines were developed in record time. Um, and one of the reasons that they were developed in record time was that a lot of the things that were done sequentially normally uh, to get an FDA approval of vaccine were all done together. Um, they, uh, usually things are done sequentially because if you fail along one step along the way, you can stop without spending a whole lot of money. Well, in this case, uh, basically, uh, the federal government, um, ran the roulette table and said, well, we're going to gamble that we're going to be able to get one of these five things that we're supporting actually out there to work and, uh, basically put all their money in and, uh, did everything all simultaneously. Um, and we were very lucky in the fact that uh, we actually ended up with three vaccines that uh, have been approved here in the United States that work. Uh, but one of the things that wasn't done uh, that carefully was um, normally along this process, uh, you run careful clinical trials to determine what the um, optimal number of doses are and what the optimal spacing between those doses are. Um, because we try to get this out as quickly as possible, uh, those um, sorts of studies were never done. And it's starting to appear now that uh, a booster shot really probably is going to be necessary. Um, so I think it's really important for people who have gotten the first two shots when the boosters do become available to them that they go out and they get the booster shot because that's likely to, from the studies that we've seen from Israel, really, really boost your immunity and, and particularly in the more vulnerable populations, provide an additional layer of uh, protection against severe disease, hospitalization, and death. Into where we... But- ultimately end up going from here back to the 1918 curve of course that ended up becoming the seasonal flu h1n1 virus and its variants do you anticipate that ultimately COVID 19 and its variants will become the seasonal flu um i think we're likely to see it actually yes move into a uh, a pattern where we'll have sort of a seasonal thing um probably uh during the periods when people are indoors in the wintertime months uh in the north and perhaps here a little earlier in the south in the summertime months and I imagine what's going to be happening is that uh, you're going to go and get your flu shot in the right arm and the COVID shot in the left arm. And that's really going to be what's going to really uh, drive this whole thing down. One other thing that I'd like to, that I'm a little optimistic about, though, is the fact that I think as this virus continues to circulate, I think there's going to be pressure on it to, for it to become less and less pathogenic, cause less and less disease. And the reason for that is a respiratory virus like this requires people to be out in close contact um, to spread the virus. And if you are really, really sick with any sort of an infection in the virus, the first thing you do is take to your bed and you isolate yourself. And other people stay, tend to stay away from you as much as possible. 
Um, on the other hand, if it turns into a mild infection, uh, people who have the sniffles will go out amongst their normal lives and interact with people and expose far more people to that infection than they would if they'd gotten really sick and ended up bedridden for a week. And so there's a real selective pressure on the virus to cause less and less disease because the less disease they cause, the more likely those people are going to, who are infected are going to be up and about and spread that infection to other people. So I think this is likely to eventually over time start to mutate itself to really adapt to uh, the human population and become much more of a common cold influenza, you know, mild influenza type thing, like the other four coronaviruses that are circulating right now among the human population, which cause just the common cold. And on that encouraging note, we'll leave it Dr. Thomas Unich. Thank you so much for the time. You're quite welcome. Have a great day. Former Miami Police Chief George Kalina next here at the Brian Mudd Show, News Radio 610 WIOD.